1: Here's the Fangirls on Jackalope Radio.
2: Hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host Jessica Dwyer and I apologize um, right now uh, at the get-go for sounding like I am underwater. Um, I have a wonderful sinus infection that makes me feel like I'm dying
0: and I also sound... I
2: am, I am... um, so uh I it's just progressively gotten worse over the last couple of days so right now it sounds like I have wet cotton up my nose when I talk but and with me tonight who actually doesn't sound like she's dying is my cohort in crime and co-host Ren Wallachs hello hello so um, tonight's episode I am very excited we have um, an interview with the director of Europa Report uh, Sebastian Cordero and um You've probably heard me talking about Europa uh, on the website as well as on the show uh, because it has one of our favorite actors in it, Charlton Copley. And uh, it is just an awesome piece of work. Um, It is one of the first uh, motion pictures to have partnered with actual astronauts and NASA and um, science experts to make sure it was legit as it could be for being a fictional account of a trip to europa um but it was amazing to talk to sebastian uh about this film and just the detail and work that went into it i got to actually watch it i don't know a friend got to see it um you did yay did. did you like it yeah yeah i did um it, what was so cool about it was uh, and and this comes out of the interview but I just have to gleefully spew about this here is the fact that um, the the partner uh, they when they partnered with the advisors they actually um, gave each actor the um, the one of the scientific advisors wrote a little book for each actor to tell them exactly what their character would be doing
3: oh that's cool it, I like it, that.
2: the, yeah, the detail is just crazy. And so you'll get with the I don't want to spoil the interview. Um it's uh it's just one of the best interviews I think I've had on the show cuz he was so um he he was very much like Guillermo del Toro is. He you can tell the man loves his film. And mm. what's even cooler is this is the first English language film he's ever done. Oh. So very cool. Yeah, so it's pretty heady stuff for him to go into on something like this, as his first English-language film, and it, I uh, I'm really impressed with it, and I love the detail that they went into with it, and um, also just spoiler alert, slightly spoilery interview, but not really because the trailer has pretty much everything bad that happens. You kind of get hints at, <laughs> and the movie you just poster told people that bad things
3: happen. The the well. It says on the movie. This is poster, a jolly romp about a, a, an explorative <laughs> mission that goes to one of the moons of Saturn, and I swear jolly nothing romp. bad happens. Nothing.
2: Nothing bad ever happens in space travel. You know that, um, uh, but it actually has the word sacrifice in on the movie poster. So,
3: yeah, yeah, that, they had to like sacrifice gravity and stuff.
2: Oh yeah, and and they have they don't have tang. There's no tang in this movie. Um,
3: yeah, just no. Yeah. I didn't get in on the interview. I was bummed because I, after watching it, I did have questions um, to me, and I don't know if this came up in your interview at all because I don't know if you've seen this film. But it was really reminiscent of Danny Boyle's Sunshine, which I am a huge fan of. Love that movie, and it's funny that you mentioned that the that the actors were pairing off with scientists because it's kind of really similar to what um, Killian Murphy, the one of the you know the star of Sunshine, sort of paired off with. Um, physicist brian cox right and so much so that he even uh fashioned some of his perform some of his characters physical mannerisms after brian cox himself so it's kind of cool that there are those parallels in there i like that they had more than one scientific advisor whereas on sunshine i think they had brian cox and that might have been it not that he's not enough i love you coxie
2: Oh, no, it, it was an awesome, awesome film. And they, they actually had, like, input from not just one um, advisor, but, like, multiple people. They had actual astronauts telling them what to do. And then just the detail that we go into in the interview, it's great to find out about um, how the set was designed, what they did, how they filmed it. Um, because it's not an overtly flashy film. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a found footage film, but it's not an annoying one. It, it's, it's done really well and I really enjoyed it there's uh, a great cast in the film and uh, you know, and, and I, actually, I actually tell him you know you, you ripped my heart out boy you, you did <laughs> and he laughs and goes ha ha that's the scene isn't it and I'm like yes take my heart and ripped it out and stomped on it and made me cry in line for Superman the Man of Steel Right. Which we will get to in just a moment. Um, I uh, I wanted to bring up the fact that the True Blood premiere happened on Sunday, and yeah, what I you have
3: watched see... it? I can't believe you watched it. I watched everything.
2: I I have to watch it. It's my job. No, you don't. I have, have to, to watch it. it. I do have crap. to watch it. I have to watch it to see just how crap it is. <laughs> and what? And, and and here's the thing. The. I have standards. I don't watch
3: Once Upon a Time. I, oh. <laughs> sorry. Bite me. I shouldn't um, hurt you when you're sick. I shouldn't say mean things when you're already down. That's right. I'm sick.
2: Leave me alone. <laughs> so, True Blood, the reason I had to watch it was not... I love Robert Patrick. He was in it. He's now a regular. Um, also, Rutger Howard is in it this season for probably like three episodes if we go by... You know, we have a good actor. We're going to kill him off in like three yeah, episodes. Really? Um but uh the the first episode i wanted to see what they were going to do with the the goddess t- tampax that bill yeah. compton had turned into and they call him billeth actually in the, in the episode which i thought was funny um but yeah it was sort of ridiculously boring in a lot of ways the only good parts were in fact rutger Hauer's brief time on screen that he was there and uh even Alexander Skarsgård was just uh, annoying to me he he was making his eyes so big I expected them to pop out of his head like you know that Skarsgård stare well, it was even like more buggy and, and I'm like dude we know you've got giant blue eyes you don't have to like physically implode them out of your head you know <laughs> you, you really don't need to do that the other thing I took away from this episode was the fact that this episode had more full frontal female nudity in it than the entire last 3 seasons of Game of Thrones. Wow. And not one? I guess
3: they're figuring, you know. Not one? How dude, do you make people watch it? Well, not, one, not
2: it... one single dude front nudity oh, shot God. at all. They cut off Seed before you can see anything, but we get every the, the amount of Double standard was ridiculous, and the 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 other part of this was Stephen Moyer actually directed this episode, and his wife was the only one that didn't get naked, which oh, is rare. Really? <laughs> yeah, so if I was mm-hmm. if I was a, at a pack when I'd be kind of like, um, hmm. So anyway, True Blood happened, and I'm gonna watch it just because I want to see if I'm right and they kill off Rucker <laughs> within like two episodes. Um, and I also want to see more of um, of Robert Patrick's character because he he is actually the the werewolf Dixon brother and I really um, and there's nothing else until October that's when Walking Dead comes back although um, we do get on Sunday the new um, Donald Sutherland TV series starts with um, William Fitchner on NBC so I'm going to be watching that on Sunday which is my birthday, so it's like, hi, Donald Sutherland gave me a gift. Um, Yay! So, Superman, um, I keep calling it Superman, it's actually Man of Steel, but everybody is calling Mm -hmm. it Superman, but it's Man of Steel. I loved it. I thought it was great. I had only a few problems with it, and they were minor quabbles in the grand scheme of things, I think. Uh, You could see where Zack Snyder was getting ready to go off the rails, and he's getting ready to sucker punch territory with it and you can tell where nolan drew him back. It back and that's what nolan's job is and that's why nolan is awesome um and i really enjoyed it i thought henry Cavill did an amazing job as superman um he was gorgeous to look at plus he brought uh-huh. it and it and it was it was really sweet to find out that he had actually um uh, james franco did a Uh, review of it and actually liked it but he stated that back even back when they were doing Tristan and Isolde um, Henry Caldwell wanted to be in Superman Returns as Superman this was his dream oh wow so he got to be Superman and it's pretty awesome and that's why I think he really brought it to the role he I I think he did a great job
3: thank god he wasn't in Superman Returns because what a dog was that movie
2: I know the only good thing in that movie was Brandon Routh and and yeah. that was because he he basically brought back to life Christopher Reeve for me. It was
3: creepy how much he looked like Christopher Reeve, but I mean, the poor guy—he just absolutely was stuck in a horrible film. I know. If the film I hadn't know. been so bad, he would have absolutely just exploded off the screen.
2: Oh yeah, and and it's and he's gorgeous too. I mean, he's yeah. he he really does look like Christopher Reeve, even when he's not even trying. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Michael Shannon just was amazing. How so,
3: insanely good was that guy?
2: Oh gosh! And 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 also, um, I loved Russell Crowe. I thought he was great as Jarrell because I've always yeah. said he's like the bastard son of Richard Burton and Marlon Brando.
3: <laughs> and I loved Russell Crowe in everything, though I wasn't surprised that I loved him. I, I know, did, but I watched him do everything.
2: I know he, but he was so good in this, and I really, I thought that the, they did such a beautiful job with the look of the film. Mm-hmm. I loved how they made the uh, sets and all of the the Kryptonian um, uh, mm-hmm. science uh, was so. It looked almost organic, and how yeah. it was based it was beautifully it done.
3: No, um, I loved it. There was there was some very very clear and well-developed design ideas in all of Krypton. I mean, what, uh, the first things you see are the buildings and the crazy kinds of, you know, things that they're interacting with. And then when all hell breaks loose on Krypton, you've got ships flying everywhere, but he jumps off the edge of a cliff and he lands on a flying bug, which is <laughs> fantastically cool. And then, all of a sudden, I started to realize I was comparing this bug to the ships. And the design of their ships is distinctly insectoid, if that's a word, um, in nature. So it's very clear that this whole architecture and, uh, you know, design of, of, of spaceships is based off of what was on this planet. And clearly there's giant bugs on the planet. I just loved, I loved the, um... The, you know, the thought process behind it. You yeah. could really see someone cared about what they were designing, an actual world with an actual history. Yeah,
2: and that's why it's so tragic um, with this movie is the fact that Krypton, you can tell, was very much a, 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 a planet and a people that were all about their environment, and that's what they ended up destroying, which ended up destroying them. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy there. And one thing I have to bring up, because we we got to get moving along, because I... I uh, we can't uh we got a lot to talk about. Um is
3: <laughs> <He's> <laughs> actually, about it? I haven't even told I, you what I kind of liked it.
2: Oh I know, I know. But I, I got I wanted to bring this point up. Um a lot of people are making a big deal about the ending. And uh I I what? Which part of the ending? The um, What happens with Zod, and I, I kind of okay. don't think it's going to be really a spoiler here because by this point, most of the people that listen to well, this show have probably seen have it.
3: Say. I know what you're talking about. How right. Zod meets his end, end.
2: Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, a lot of people are like, that's so out of character for Superman, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. And Superman 2, that's, he kills Zod. I mean, it's yeah. not a big surprise. He all in the comics, he's killed people before a Doomsday for one. Um, it's nothing new for him to do, but this one, this this ending of how they go about it was even more tragic for him
3: because. Well, yeah, it, it, I think I I would have the same complaints if it had felt like it wasn't a big deal, but it was so clear in 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 the way it was shot and the way it was acted. It was so um evident that this was like the most remote last thing he would ever consider to stop what was happening. It was the last thing on his contingency list was right. to exod that way. And it was painful for him. It was so you know, it got your heart going, ah, he didn't want to do that. He really well, didn't want because- to Because
2: there's multiple reasons, and one of them is, you know, his dad never wanted him to turn out that way.
3: Two, was, uh, yeah, it's not who he is, but that right. was, like, the last other Kryptonian.
2: Right. He has no other ties to his world, and he knows that, And but he knew that Zod would not stop, and that is what Zod told him. Mm-hmm. So, it's basically, to, to borrow another science fiction legend, Doctor Who and the Master... You, you have the last ties to this last planet that you're, you're the last ties to what you came from and you've just you have to sever it for the good of all and it's a horrible choice and, and um, it, it was, it, I thought um, it played out great
3: really well yeah it was definitely heartfelt it wasn't gratuitous and it wasn't meaningless it was the exact opposite it was full of meaning right uh, I, I, too, really enjoyed it. I thought it was spectacular. It looked spectacular. He looked spectacular. I loved all the actors that they picked, even though all in all the new movies, they can't seem to just make Lois a Brunette, damn it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. Amy
2: Adams. I, I, I keep thinking that if Pepper Potts was ever recast, Amy Adams should have oh, been. Oh, she'd him.
3: be great, yeah. No, it was fantastic. And like you, my qualms were just really minor, really tiny things that, didn't detract from my enjoyment of the film at all my my one of the things as far as visually you know the cinematographers choice to do shaky cam (laughs) I've (laughs) never ever had a problem with shaky cam before I love shaky cam it it definitely lends an air of realism there is however a, a certain threshold of oh my god it's too shaky this got, like, on that threshold and even crossed it once or twice for me of, like, guys, seriously, I can't see what's on the screen because you're shaking the damn camera. Um, yeah, there
2: was a couple of spots like that. Um, the one thing I liked, though, that they didn't do was they didn't pander. They made it, um, this is one of those first times where they did an origin story where it's basically, if you already don't know who Superman is when you come into this, then <laughs> you're screwed. Well, yeah.
3: <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and,
2: and, and, and I like that. <laughs>
3: And the only other thing that I kind of... And this is a general... This is becoming sort of a general complaint with me, and this this is probably totally personal, and it's a little bit more on the serious side, but I had the same exact feeling and sort of thoughts actually at the end of Star Trek, the new Star Trek. Um, I kind of... I've discovered in myself, I'm not really able to just watch with pure abandoned, you know, enjoyment, you um, giant skyscrapers being able to, th- th- falling over, <laughs> and, well, you know, it's kind of troubling, because I, really, honestly, ever since 9-11, yeah. it's not something that I feel like I can just watch with glee of going, oh, look at the thing fall over, because my first honest-to-God thought is, how many people are in there?
2: Oh, yeah, I that's that's the well, it's like, poor Metropolis just gets the shit kicked out of it. I mean, it really does.
3: If you think of it in those terms of poor Metropolis gets the shit kicked out of it, but that's not the way I can... I can't think of it on those that, mac, that macro scale. I always... My brain goes immediately to how many humans are in every single building that's collapsing. And in this film particularly, they actually went all the way so far as to have people on the ground covered in rock dust. I mean, like, literally photographs right out of that event. And they were trying to remind you of that. I mean, it was overt. And I kind of don't want to be, and I know that's a personal thing, and there's definitely arguments on both sides for the fact that, you know, art has got to investigate these things that happened to us so that we can all work through them. I don't think I'm personally ready for it. The only, the one thing is like, I was thinking about Avengers has a big climactic battle in a city, and somehow they managed to make to to, to stay just shy of towing that line that i was able to completely enjoy that final battle there was enough destruction that i was like oh wow isn't that exciting and it never got quite to that uh, painful spot of of really really making me remember stuff that is not quite so fun and um, that's the well, hard thing for it's, filmmakers. This one got I, too close for me. I had a hard time watching all the buildings falling down. I was squirming in my chair a little bit.
2: I think part of it probably is the fact that you had characters that you were invested in like Perry White and, and um, Jenny Olsen who were trapped in that and in the dirt. In Avengers you didn't really know the people.
3: Well, and I think yes, that may, have, that may have played a part the in it too. You. you still saw civilians on the street running around you saw the same in Avengers and the same in Superman. Well, and
2: also it's a different. It's, in Avengers. There's a little bit more of a lighter tone.
3: Yeah. With it. No. I'll completely. I'll completely. Yeah. Copy that. And they were going for something a little bit more realistic here. And I'm just. And like I said, I don't know how. I don't know how you would tread that line. I don't know um, if they even should have done it differently. If it's a personal thing, and I should just decide whether or not I want to watch that kind of stuff. Because maybe it doesn't affect other people the same way. but anyway, that was my only that was my only comment is I was a little bit too it was too distracting for me in that final battle. like it got to be just overwhelming levels of destruction like no city is that big that that, <laughs> that any part of it would still be standing up after a battle of that size. I still think they could have had that battle somewhere other than a large metropolis and it would have been just as exciting and a little bit less irksome. Um, I would
2: have liked them to do it in space, but that's just me. I, I, I it, it, it wouldn't have been as scasy. You know. It, anyway. yeah.
3: Um.
2: So, <clears throat> go see uh, Man of Steel. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna go see it. Superman.
3: Yeah. Despite the huge, comment, honest to God, it was fantastic.
2: Yeah, it was very, very, very. It was what Superman Returns should have been. Oh yeah. Um, really so, uh, moving on to sad news. Oh wait.
3: Uh, before your sad news, yeah. I have to mention something I read. You probably caught it when they, when one of them got thrown into a uh, 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 whatever big truck that I can't remember the name of now. That it said yeah. LuxCorp on it.
2: Oh, there's a LuxCorp building in the in right. the movie too that Did gets nailed. Did you also
3: catch Wayne Enterprises on the? Yes. Backlight?
2: Yes. Yes. So they are definitely setting up Justice League, and I hope they're, that trying, really are, are really they're hard. trying really hard. Really yeah.
0: hard. Um. So. Okay. Sad news.
2: sad news um it was rumored to be a a hoax but it is in fact not um this is this is airing on thursday but this actually just happened today um james gandolfini passed away today at uh he's age 51 of a heart attack while he was on vacation in italy and if you watched the sopranos you know who he is he's tony soprano if you've seen um true romance if you've seen the the mexican um you know who this guy is he's one of the one of the best character actors we've had in a few years and it's really tragic that he's gone and he's only he was only 51 years old um so uh, that being said, I, I, I have a suggestion for you, if you can find it, um, a movie you may not have seen of his called Romance and Cigarettes, which is a musical uh, directed by John Turturro in that style like uh, that Viva Blackpool was where the actual music plays along and the actors sing to the music. Cool. Um, it's a beautifully done movie. It's not a happy film at the end, but it's still really awesome, and you get to see Christopher Walken sing Delilah, Mm. which is awesome but Gandolfini rocks it in this and and uh it's very sad because he always reminded he looked like my uh, younger version of my grandfather and um you know it's it's kind of it's very very sad um he's one of those awesome tough guys that f- your go-to man if you wanted a heavy uh or not even a heavy he he was just such a uh he I could tell he was actually a fun guy too so very sad and um the interesting thing was so many people I think didn't want to accept it that they were buying into the, it's a hoax it's a hoax no when variety puts it up on their front page it's gonna not be a hoax so rest in peace James Gandolfini um, thank you for giving us Tony Soprano and making cable television uh the place to go for really good series cause that's Indeed. one of the ones that cleared that path mm-hmm. um uh so uh moving on to um we'll do some more co- we'll do some more here comic book news. Um Yeah, uh Beware the Batman, the footage was released today. It's this it's a new series. It's going to be on the Cartoon Network starting next month it was uh, it was announced a few year like a year I want to say 2 years ago actually. And it looks really not um, good. It looks yeah. not good. It looks it, not good. It looks very not good. Um it almost looks like they're trying to do the Clone Wars animation, yeah. but I'm it kidding. but it doesn't work for Batman.
3: He had weird, wide Julia Roberts lips. Like, that kept bugging me.
2: I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, so, I don't know. It, it, it's the original. I believe it's the original team. Paul Denny and those guys are actually doing it, but... I really, you know, you can't top the original Batman: The Animated Series for look and style, and just mm-hmm. it was amazing. Um, but not to be outdone with suckiness, mm-hmm.
3: Marvel, well, Marvel is coming to compare back. Compare it to something. Sorry to, to, oh, to for linger for a moment. No, go um, for it. It's entirely CGI. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's in the in the new style of not actually hand animated anything anymore. Ooh. Um, which. <laughs> Can be boo, but also I just started watching just out of pure curiosity the Tron series. That's um, different. <laughs> it is totally different, but it's really well animated. I'm really, really enjoying because um, it looks like there's a there's a fully realized and very well thought out um, style, and this Batman thing looked like. It somebody to put together a first draft a first draft and somebody said yep go with that like yeah. there's no there's very little polish there was very little detail like it, it was very really dark smart, it was dark it was there was no detail on the characters or the vehicles or the backgrounds it looked really slapdash yeah so it anyway very I wanted happy. To say that it, even I'm not even though I'm not a fan of the the completely CGI it can be done well and this just didn't look done well
2: yeah, I agree. Um, Tron, the, the animated series, that it works for the world that's set in, and it's really well done. But mm-hmm. the b- beware, beware the Batman just, it looks way too dark and very plain. Very plain. There's, there's no lushness to it at all. So I, it almost, it looks half-ass.
3: And Julia Roberts' lips are a no-no.
2: Yeah, but like I said, not to be act- done um, with the suckiness, Marvel is releasing an August, I didn't even know about this show, and now I wish I hadn't. Um, Hulk and the Agents of Smash.
3: You don't want to watch that?
2: Are you oh, kidding me? God. That oh is, God! Oh like, God! So bad, it's good. No, no. Yes. No, so I'm like looking at this thing. And they're like, it's a funny family comedy uh, group, and I'm thinking, you're, you've taken Red Hulk, who is Thunderbolt Ross, and right. and then you've got Scar, who hates. The his father and you, oh, Thunderbolt so you hates. Oh God! All the
3: context. All they're doing is just getting all the Hulks that are vaguely related to each other, coming up with some paper thin reasons to put them on the same team, and no. watching the ridiculousness ensue. I no. think
2: fine. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> fine. <laughs> Screw that. Um, so and it looks horrible. I mean, the the thing is, they they they, s- they sacked avengers earth earth's mightiest heroes now they've got that horrible looking avengers assemble and now they've got this and there are so many pissed off fanboys and girls out there right now because the uh earth's mightiest heroes was actually really good i i actually enjoyed it after i gave it a couple of shots because i was having trouble with the guy that played tony and um but I got past it and I got into it and it was deeper into the mythology of the Marvel Universe in, in that show and it was really well done. It had actually, you know, storylines that connected and stuff like that and took it seriously and now it just looks so horrible. They disney it, really. Mm. Really did.
3: Um, so it's yeah, really if you... It's really hard to find some way to tap into the serialized children's programming market and... I don't know. They haven't. They haven't got a silver bullet yet. No,
2: and and this is just not not interesting to me. Um, real quick, uh, I know we got We're getting ready to run out of time pretty quickly here. Um, but I did want to bring up the fact that. Microsoft is back down! Yay! <laughs> we should, we but,
3: should have like a sound effect of thousand trumpets and and a yeah. choir of angels, or,
2: or more like more like that. Wah, wah, Microsoft, this. <laughs> but but you know what? The damage has been done, Microsoft. You, you you came out greedy and now you've realized oh crap we're not going to make any money um, people think we're assholes because we are and um, now people aren't going to trust you because they're going to go out they'll pay $500 for the system and then co- up comes another framework update or something and you suddenly instill into that system what you had said you weren't going to do and they're stuck because I could totally see no. them doing that
3: Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I could see them doing that. But on the other, there's got to be somebody on their team that would tell them, if you do this, this is the nail in our coffin. Well, you would think they would
2: have spoke up at the beginning.
3: (laughs) Maybe, maybe, I mean, did you read their little apology letter on their website? They tried to make it sound like, uh, you know what they did is they did the Netflix thing. They did the Netflix thing where they said, we assumed everybody would want everything online, but evidently some of you losers want stuff that's physical, so we'll give you both.
2: Yeah, they they make it sound like it's our fault.
3: Yeah, they make it sound like we're the the numbskull people of the past who still want to trade actual physical discs. Well, yes, I'm sorry, but we do. Yeah, we're Um, not
2: rolling in cash, Bill Gates.
3: Right. So, somebody, so whoever their development people were, they were just thinking, yeah, everybody's going to dig this because everything's online. And of course, everybody's online. Nobody does anything in the real world, you know. And that convinced them in the beginning well enough to instill these horrible rules. Hopefully, those people who were trying to naysay in the first place now have a little bit more power of saying, look, we told you so.
2: Well, somebody probably got fired. I'm oh, guessing. God. I'm, well,
3: I'm, I'm th- guessing. I'm guessing. I know that there's been a lot of damage done, but frankly, like, I'm such an Xbox person as opposed to a PlayStation person. This actually means I might buy one in the future. Whereas before, there was not a chance, a snowflake's chance in the hottest part of hell that I would buy one.
2: <laughs> well, the thing that that I think a lot of people are going to do is they're going to wait. They're going to wait oh at crazy. least a few months <laughs> before they go into this because, I, you know, they, like I said, they don't want to be screwed sure. out afterward where suddenly a month after the fact they go oh oh for real we're actually going to make you have to be online oh we're going to have to make you do this we we're crossing our fingers <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and i can totally see that happening
3: I, yeah, I mean, i'm definitely waiting there's so many games i have yet to play on my 360 that like there's no reason for me to shell out 500 bucks uh in the near future at all
1: no but, no there's not
3: Microsoft may very well get 500 bucks from me in a couple of years when I'm ready, uh, which they would not have gotten before this, uh, this announcement.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's funny. Um, Sony is probably laughing their butts off right now, and they, can, they, they are totally allowed.
3: i um, All the, to the bank. I mean, their console is firstly $100 cheaper, yeah. and, like, whatever. <laughs> that's got to be probably the most lucrative 22 seconds in the world. Is that little YouTube video oh they God, that was instructions awesome. of how to share games on a PlayStation? Literally 22 <laughs> second video. That probably was 22 million. Sa- I don't know something ridiculous. They got but- my money because of that video. I, I <laughs> was <saying. laughs> that thing hilarious. If you haven't seen it, just Google sharing games PlayStation. It's 22. Play- P- yeah, the PS4 oh.
2: uh, game sharing.
3: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't know. My boyfriend's a PlayStation person, so we'll probably still have the same conflict in the house of which one do we get, but um, I just, it's its definitely lowworthy. worthy I was really crossing my fingers hard that they would backpedal, and sure enough, Backpedal.
2: Yeah, but but the the damage is done to their reputation. They they pissed off everyone, and and it's it's gonna be a long time before I think that the smarting the, that that cause goes down because it's I, I just find it funny. It's like you guys knew better, and you still it just shows that you're just greedy. Yeah. So I mean, they're
3: uh, gonna have to they're gonna have to eat crow for as long as it takes the console to actually prove it's worth. If the console comes out and it works spectacularly and the games are fantastic and everybody loves it, then they may, you know, be able to save some face. The worst thing that can happen is if after all this the console comes out and it's crap, then they just might not even, they just may not even, it's not even worth trying.
2: Yep all right guys so um with that we're gonna move on to our interview with sebastian cordero the director of europa report and i want to thank you guys for listening sorry i like i said i sound like i'm underwater um but uh next week we'll be back and uh uh, i hope to go see this is the end this weekend for my birthday um just because i didn't get a chance to see it but you know what you know what's going to happen though my this is my prediction World War Z is coming out this weekend. I believe that Monsters University will trounce the living hell out of it. Out uh,
3: of World War Z, you think? Oh yeah, hmm. I
2: think that I think that's gonna ha- definitely gonna happen. Um, but uh, I think this is the end. Pick the bad weekend to open opposites uh, Man of Steel because my husband didn't even realize it was out. He's like, really? That came out this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, same. I had no idea, and I definitely want to watch it as well.
2: Yeah, so, anyway, um, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, enjoy our interview with Sebastian Cordero. Uh, Europa Report's going to be on Video On Demand on iTunes June 27th, and then it does limited release in the first week of August, and um, slowly spreads out across the country. And uh, I'll have the list of uh, release dates and locations for you on FangirlMag.com. So thank you again for listening. And here's our interview. And everybody, I want you to welcome Sebastian Cordero to our program. Uh, he is the director of the uh, awesome Europa Report, which I was uh, lucky enough to get to see, and that will be available uh, on demand here uh, on the June 27th, I believe, and then going to theatrical uh, in August. And uh, I. Sebastian, thank you for uh coming on Fangirl Radio.
0: Well, thank you for having me for having me here.
2: I am very excited to talk to you about this movie. Um I'm I'm not really spoiling anything because in the in the trailer as well as on the uh poster it says uh uh the words uh sacrifice. So, you made me cry. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> well I'm, I'm happy to hear that actually you, you made me cry
2: um, yes. and i'm not uh, ashamed to admit that i was watching it in line for superman and i was crying um so <laughs>
0: oh wow well thank um, you very much <laughs> i think, I think it as, a, as a good compliment <laughs> it, 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 it is it
2: is it's a it's an awesome awesome movie and i really really enjoyed it um even though you did kick me in the heart. Um, but <laughs> moving on from my pain, uh, this is your first English-language film, so you really picked a heady subject to, to go with on this one. I, was there any reason specifically that you chose this film? What drew you to it?
0: No, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm not at all the... Um... You know, uh, the 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 typical candidate for a for a film to direct a film like this, the the films I had done before in 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 Ecuador mostly are very gritty films, uh, you know, that are imbued with with social realism, and uh, actually, you know, a a few years ago, after I made Chronic as my second film, I started working with a couple of producers here in the in the U.S. in the hope of making a, a an English language film and uh you know it didn't happen right away and eventually uh you know i i um i was approached by one of them about 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 this project about europa report and uh i really fell in love with the project and the script right away you know i, I it's it's strange because it doesn't seem like i have any science fiction background at all i as a teenager i did have a phase where i read a lot of uh, a, a lot of science fiction a lot of you know whether it was it's like asimov or uh other sturgeon or uh Philip K Dick or any 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 of the uh, Arthur C Clarke obviously um and and uh, I never thought at the time that eventually I would end up directing a a, a sci-fi myself but um but it was really in a way a, a a project that that immediately was very appealing I thought it was um it 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 posed quite a bit of challenges for sure you know the the fact that um from from the script that I that I read initially, there was already a a, a, a big emphasis put on the on the science behind behind this story and right. and trying to to keep it within that 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 reality, uh, which I thought was was a great uh, a great decision from the beginning, and also the big challenge of making um quote unquote found footage film. That doesn't quite feel like one at the same time, you know. That has a right. unique style,
1: you <laughs> well, and and that
2: was funny because that, basically, that's my next two questions for you. Was you know, uh, this was a big deal to to us, and 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 my co-host uh, Ren can attest to this when. um, but she's a huge science nerd, as I am, and the fact that this really—you, I think this was like one of the first times NASA and, and these science groups actually really were on board with something like this. And and how how important was you was it to you for the authenticity of this film to to follow along?
0: I think it was really important. The thing is, the minute you start uh, doing research, you know, I mean, I. I i I had you know basic basic knowledge about uh about uh the 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 topic, but as a filmmaker, I felt from the beginning that the way to arm myself to to tackle a film like this w- would be you know by by you know researching as much as possible and by surrounding me myself with the 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 right people and uh the minute you start doing research about about this about this uh, theme and about space travel uh you find out that there's so much f- fascinating stuff um in, in in involved in, in in all of this and there's so much you know just unbelievable things surrounding uh Europe and 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 you know the 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 theories behind what could could be found under the ice there that uh, that i only felt i only felt at the time that it would enrich the 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 project and that it would make it much much stronger also um, you know thinking of myself as an audience member i really respect a film that 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 tackles uh, uh, even if it if it's a a, a subject that uh, normally we you know we attach, you know, we we identified more with with some sorts of, of of fantasy because it seems so so far away and so distant. Uh, it's it's something that could certainly happen, and why not deal with it in in a realistic fashion, you know? And
2: I, I really and that was one thing I really liked about this movie was um, uh, you really did a great balance of the realism with the dramatic, and I I, I it's very hard to do that with found footage films anymore it seems like you know this this one really stands out because it almost feels like a real documentary which is what you're going for but it's so hard to do that and do it right but i think it feels like you did
0: well thank you no i think i think uh, uh, one one thing that was really i think interesting and and that uh, that uh, showed a lot of potential you know even in, in in at the script stage was that the film worked in many layers you know you had you had uh, all these science elements, which were 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 working for uh, and were working really well, in in telling the story. But you also had six very compelling characters in a in a very extreme situation, which is what what sp- space travel is uh, is about, and that allowed to actually tackle the philo- the, the, the the psychology be- behind what they're going through and their emotions and. Uh, and to to care about them, which is uh ultimately the most important uh part of a movie you know you want to be able to put yourself in your character's shoes and and understand what they're going through and it doesn't mean that because you're you're sticking to to science it doesn't mean that the big spectacle can't be there or that the thrills and the emotions can't be there you know it, it, one one thing that's amazing about film is that it it can work on so many levels and uh and one thing doesn't hurt the other it actually i think enriches it.
2: Right, and and that's you know the the thing uh, the next thing I really wanted to ask you about was the actors and the characters in this. How did you prepare them for this? Was there sort of a boot camp um, for them in terms of of learning what space travel was going to you know? Learning about space travel, knowing what they should be doing in in this very cramped environment is yeah. what I took <laughs> from it.
0: Um, Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was a challenge. One of the things, for, first of all, the 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 um, inter- I mean, I felt they needed to know some basic information, and uh, uh, anyone who came on board the project, whether it was uh, the cast or 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 uh, any any um you know crew member or any creative collaborator I I first had them watch this am- amazing film uh, uh, for all mankind the the Al Reinhardt documentary about the uh, Apollo missions oh yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's it's really I mean it's it's really such a such a brilliant and a, and, and impressive piece of of filmmaking and it's very inspiring and and it, it really deals with with some of the themes that we're dealing with in Europa report, which is really the the wonder and the awe behind the behind the space travel and uh and and how each um, each member of a mission is really like a piece of a much bigger um, machinery that that uh, that depends on each on each piece but each piece and and each piece might not know what, how the whole system works but it's still crucial for 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 it to 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 come together. You know, we I, I gave them you know a lot of a lot of reading to do as well, and uh, because we had these great science advisors as well on board, uh, they were able also to to talk personally to some great great people. You know, at some point, I remember doing a Skype call with uh, with Mike Massimino, who's a, a, an astronaut, who he he's actually featured in the Hubble 3D movie, and uh, he told us you know firsthand of what a spacewalk is like, you know, and what goes through your mind and what. <laughs> uh and uh for instance uh, uh Carolina Widra, who plays Katia, I you know we put her in touch with them uh with a, with a marine biologist who um, who 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 was also very helpful in 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 making her understand what that profession is about and and also the 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 you know all once again the fascination with with what you could discover what what you could be doing and uh, finally also in terms of the actual specific spaceship you know uh, after Eugenio Caballero the production designer um, you know designed it and built it one of our um actually one of our 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 prop masters who who uh, who did you know very specific uh who uh, who also designed some very specific parts for the ship and who knew a lot about uh about 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 uh space travel about NASA, etc uh actually did something really cool, which was he 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 taught you know we used them with the actors to teach each of them to operate their their different stations and what they're doing <laughs> on the ship, so that it wouldn't be just them pressing random buttons but oh, that's actually doing awesome. something specific <laughs> it, it makes a difference I think you notice when someone when someone just starts pressing buttons everywhere instead of. Instead of having a specific, uh, uh, you know, specific procedure or a specific thing that they, that they are doing, and he was extremely helpful in also building their confidence and in in, in, in in them knowing what they were doing. He even gave them these little manuals about about what each each of their stations did, and and uh, which was which was great. <laughs> it was very inspiring. Oh, that
2: is that is awesome. Um, I love that that went into that much detail. Uh, and I was going to ask too for sure the the set. Is so you know as I said it was very it felt confined you you felt like you were in this space and yeah. and you had you had the the cameras I love the concept that it wasn't a it was a uh, privately funded corporation sending this up which would make sense that they want to film every aspect of it so they could sell the video later on.
0: Absolutely. Um, well actually what when you watch for all mankind, you know, everything is documented so thoroughly and so beautifully that you say of course, you know, you're you're doing something so incredible how could it not, you know be?
2: <laughs> right right and but i love the fact that uh, you know it, there is the found footage and it looks it how difficult though was it to film some of those shots and make it look realistic without giving away the fact that you got a full film crew in there
0: well this is the thing you know and uh, this is this is actually something really unique about this film uh is that we built uh the the set for for you know for the spaceship um you know and it was a very very claustrophobic and and a small environment and what we actually did is we filmed using um uh we had eight eight uh video cameras which uh which were incorporated into the set you know and uh you know very high quality but really really small and uh and they were part of the set you can you can see them from 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 the other from the other angles uh at one point even James uh, the Charlotte's character uh, you know as as he, he's doing giving a tour of the ship with for for his son with his video camera he shows one of the one of those cameras and what was cool is that basically the sh- the set worked at 360 degrees and once it was, it was it was you know the actors went in there the cameras were already incorporated into the set the lighting came from the actual you know practical lights uh, inside the ship and the actors were were mic'd and there were some additional microphones uh, placed you know at strategic points in the ship uh-huh. and uh, and and when we shot uh, there was no one else in there but the actors i actually was outside watching from the monitors uh and and i had to talk to them um you know through a mic uh because it was uh, it was like because the, the the set itself was built on top of a gimbal uh it was you know a little bit of a of, of an ordeal to come in and out uh as uh, you know as frequently as you would want to so um, it, it ended up being, you know, I was basically being mission control for them, which was <laughs> very surreal. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. That is amazing. Um, and, and so speaking of the actors in the, in, the, in, the, in the film, was there any sort of improvisation done? Because I know um, Charlto Copley was in District 9, which is, a, you know, everyone knows him from that film. And that yes. film was 99% like improvised. Was there any yes. improvisation within the, the movie?
0: there was there was actually one one of the things that I thought was uh, fantastic about about working in this way with all the cameras simultaneously is that we could incorporate some improvisation into into the dialogue you know obviously you have to hit some very specific you know information uh you know in order for, you know for the plot to work but uh, <laughs> but there were many moments where where we actually allowed for for some uh you know for 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 some improvisation and actually Charlotte's you know big scene in 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 the film had had uh you know we we did several takes of it where we explored uh you know different variations of 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 what was of, of what he was saying of, of what was going on with him and uh and there were many moments when it wasn't a big special you know effect scene when there wasn't uh, something that 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 could you know complicate things uh uh, if 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 we you know veered off a, a little bit from from the script, th- there definitely was was some improvisation going going on. Not not you know, not too extreme, but but yes, it. I think it also al- allowed to to feel that it was all more natural too. You know.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that that scene.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. I know that's the scene that made you cry. So <laughs> yes, yes,
2: it was. Just okay, yeah, my of heart.
0: course, stomp on it.
2: There you go. Um, yes. So I know we're probably going to have to wrap up here. Yes. But I love I love talking with you. It's it, this is I this was just such a uh, an interesting film, and and I was really happy it finally was coming out because I've been waiting for this. Um, oh, thank you uh so the film is as we've kind of covered it's both dark and inspiring too and at the same time you did a great balance with that what what would you really want to have as the message people take from this movie because kind of what i took from it was the question are we ready for this kind of exploration and the answer is sort of yes and no what oh, what's the message you want
0: you know what i think i think that that's actually i mean that's human nature you know we have this drive to explore you know we have this this need to to go further you know to see what's what's out there and if 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 there is uh, you know as long as there are places left to explore and and that will be always i think we'll continue doing so of course that there there are risks involved there are things that 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 you know and there's a lot of sacrifices that can that can happen Along the way, but uh, but I don't think uh, that's ever going to 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 stop that um, that drive, that need, you know. And and ultimately, you know, the film deals deal, deals with that thematically. It deals with the fact, you know, of what are you you know willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up in order to to achieve something, you know, a greater, you know, a greater goal? But uh, but at the same time, it's it's a film about discovery, about uh, awe, about wonder, and uh, and of course. That along with it, also 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 comes some 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 dark, uh, darker elements. You know that's that's just that that's the way life is. You know?
2: Right, and that's the risk of discovery. And and
0: yes, you
2: know, what are you willing to give up? But at the same time, you're going to be forever remembered for what you've done. And and it it reminded me a lot too of the Challenger and things like that. I mean, yes, these people no, are going to live forever, but it you know it's at the same time tragic, but. Their heroes, no matter what. That's yeah. that's what what it is. So, well, Sebastian, thank you so much for this wonderful film, I, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, I'm very excited about this. I think everybody's going to love it when they fi- get to see it. And um, beautiful movie. Beautiful thank job. you very
0: much. You know, it, it was wonderful talking to you. And yes, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to 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 the moment where where each other and 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 people can 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 see it soon
2: right well thank you so much again and uh like we said uh video on demand um i in june 27th and then in theaters in august thank you again sebastian
0: all right thanks a lot goodbye
1: See these eyes so green i can't stand. For a thousand years Colder than the moon It's been so long And I've been An ageless heart that can never mend, his tears can never dry, judgment made can never bend, see these eyes so green, I can stand.